We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Lucky Lefty Podcast. What's good? We hope everybody had a fantastic weekend. Yo, a lot to talk about left. We're going to talk about transfer portal wide receivers visiting Notre Dame. We're going to talk about the official opening of the transfer portal, and it is hot. Ryan Day got rid of his star quarterback. That's crazy. Talk about sacrificial lambs. Coaches are always trying to find a player to just kind of like throw under the bus. Like, forget the fact that I failed as a coach. That's we'll talk about the top four left and how you saw the college football playoffs. That's Notre right. Dame is in the Sun Bowl against Oregon State, who will be starting their third string quarterback in that game. Mm. Notre Dame couldn't possibly lose that game, could they? Oh, boy. It wouldn't be a good look. And then left, we're going to talk about the reports that Notre Dame has found their man and wide receiver coach Mike Brown, who's currently the wide receiver coach at the University of Wisconsin. He was with Marcus Freeman at the University of Cincinnati, moved into the position of wide receiver coach after Gino Gadouli was promoted to offensive coordinator. Luke Fickle took him with him when he went from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. And everyone that I've talked to, I've yet to talk to somebody that had anything negative to say about Mike Brown as a man, person, coach, or recruiter. So we'll dig into that. And then that's going to lead us to something that you are ready to go crazy on left. And that is a systemic problem. A systemic problem in the Notre Dame wide receiver room. That's right. And we have the information to back that up. Lucky Lefty Podcast. As always, you can go to Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. That's a sponsor. America's premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. And if you drink, by all means, make sure you do so. Responsibly. Also, go to MalikZaire.com to get some of that Anora whiskey and for all your holiday travel needs, whether it's airfare to the Sun Bowl. Man, I looked at the seating chart. The Notre Dame side is uh, already near sold out left. 
I'll, Notre Dame fans, bro. Hey, I tip my cap, man, or I take my scully off, figuratively. Notre Dame fans show up, bro. It's the other sideline with Oregon State. A lot of seats available. Notre Dame fans jumped on it quick. No, absolutely. I think. Not, you go ahead, love, because El Paso isn't like the greatest tour place for tourism and fun, but it's definitely uh, the sun's there. You know, the, the sun is there, so I think it's cool to see Notre Dame support, even though it's not the outcome that we want. Yeah, but it's still an opportunity to 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 win a to cap off a season looking forward for a better one next year. Hey, man. The last time they were there in 2010, it snowed left. Isn't that crazy? Mm. They played the Miami Hurricanes. Michael Floyd was a beast that day. I'll never forget. Uh, and they banged Miami. Embarrassed them. Mm. Yeah, so hopefully the snow will not show up this year. But Notre Dame, I'm interested in seeing where Vegas, I don't know if they've released the early line. It should come today. I know the game should be favored by six, seven points in this game. Jonathan Smith, the former head coach, is now the head coach at Michigan State. DJ Uagalele is in the transfer portal. Aiden Childs, their freshman quarterback, hopped into the portal today. So, Oh, he hopped into the portal too. He hopped into the portal. So, so both Oregon State's quarterbacks left? They left. Why? I would imagine Aiden Childs would probably follow Jonathan Smith to Michigan State, unless he just want to stay on the West Coast. Okay, well, that makes sense. Follow your coach. Yeah. That's the best bet you got in the transfer portal. And I don't think there will be anybody on the Michigan State roster standing in Aiden Childs' way. No, Aiden Childs is a good prospect. Yeah. And, you know, Pac-12 is coming to the Big Ten anyway. So, it, you know... It could be a fit, but we'll see. We'll let that play out. Uh, oh, we're always in CFB Nation, presented by Twitter. Hey, hey. So remember that audio edibles each and every day, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It's the Lucky Lefty Podcast. You already know we spin it different. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're smoking. Oh, that's a bop. That's a bop. What's smoking right here, Lucky Lefty Podcast? And what's smoking is that Notre Dame seems to have found their replacement for Chancey Stuckey in the wide receiver room. It is Mike Brown. Wide receiver coach currently at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I tweeted out last night that I spoke to several Chicago area high school coaches. They raved about Mike Brown. Raved about Mike Brown as a recruiter, as a man, does a fabulous job. Uh, while he was at Cincinnati, he recruited Cam Williams, who is a 24 commit for Notre Dame. He also has a relationship with a 24 target, Taylor Taylor, already in place. So that's a benefit as well to close the deal on another five-star receiver, in my opinion, ranked a four-star currently. But just like Cam Williams, Taylor Taylor is a five-star. Notre Dame is going to have to battle. Look, and Marquise Lightfoot from Kenwood. Committed to Miami. Justin Scott from St. Ignatius. Committed to Miami. Taylor Taylor. Miami has sent multiple coaches to see him this week. This is just a tidbit. Nate Marshall from Fenwick, who Notre Dame originally was on from the 25 class, is a heavy link to Miami. You said, what are you saying? Miami is building or attempting to build a pipeline from Chicago. So this Taylor-Taylor battle could come down to Coach Brown and Miami. Notre Dame-Miami for Taylor-Taylor and 25. Just a little tidbit right there. But getting back to Mike Brown, can we dig into this left? Yeah, let's get into it. The leading receiver for the Wisconsin Badgers is Will Pauling. Will Pauling is a 20, he graduated in 21. He went to high school with my daughter, left. So yeah. I've watched, uh, yes, my daughter was a cheerleader. She graduated in 20. Will graduated in 21. He was a wide receiver at home with Flossmore in the Chicago area. He was ranked 592 and was a three-star. He committed to Cincinnati, and then when the staff left for Wisconsin, he hopped in the transfer portal and went to Wisconsin. He had 66 receptions on the year left. Hmm. This was funny because somebody actually tweeted a snapshot of the Wisconsin Badgers player stats for 2023 in response to my favorable tweet about Mike Brown. And what I heard about him. 
and they used it to question whether or not he was a good coach. I present to you that the top two receivers for the Wisconsin Badgers, and let's be fair, Wisconsin ran the ball 49% of the time. 49 is some change, 50%. All right, they had Braylon Allen. Notre Dame ran the ball 53% of the time. So it's a 3% difference. Uh, so it's not like Will Paulin was in this aggressive pass offense. Well, Wisconsin is not Paul Chris, Barry Alvarez is Wisconsin, but they wanted to run the ball. They wanted to run the ball. They suffered mad injuries this year in their wide receiver court. Their main guy, uh, Shamir DK, who some uh, Notre Dame fans might know from the game at Soldier Field, he was coming into his third season. He's a big play guy from last year. Averaged almost 17 yards of reception, had 44 receptions on the year, came into this year. He was supposed to be their main guy. He gets injured early. He missed pretty much half of their games. I think he missed five games and then half of the game that he was injured in. So his stats this year, even though he still averaged a lot of yards per reception, his production was down due to injury. Will Pauling had 66 receptions left for 694 yards. That's 10 and a half a clip, four touchdowns. Skyler Bell, another youngster, 38 receptions for 297 yards at 7.8. C.J. Williams, a transfer from USC. Now, remember, Mike Brown got him to transfer from USC to Wisconsin. I haven't seen a lot of receivers from USC choose to go to Wisconsin. Mike Brown got C.J. Williams to do that. Why should Notre Dame fans remember C.J. Williams? He was once a commit in the 23 class for Notre Dame. He decommitted and ended up going in the 22 class. I'm sorry, the 22 class. He decommitted and ended up committing to USC. And you have uh, Bryson Green. 25 receptions, 375 yards, averaging 15 yards of reception. As I spoke about him previously, Shamir DK, 19 receptions, 328 yards. That's 17 a clip this year, which matches, you know, the yards per catch from last year, even though he was injured. So he was pretty much the, the take the top off the ball dangerous receiver for the Wisconsin offense when he was able to play. You say, well, what does it mean? Like, the top two receivers for Wisconsin would lead Notre Dame in reception. Their third leading receiver would be tied for second. If I'm not is that, what is that saying, Mo? Wait a minute. Let me let me so that you could. I'm gonna let you could. Pauling is averaging five receptions around there per game. Left five receptions per game. He's gonna play in the bowl game against LSU. The LSU defensive backs are hard. He's going to get five receptions against LSU. Uh, unless he gets hurt, book it. What does that mean? He's going to end the season with over 70 receptions. Yeah. Can I give you some stats, bro? Can I give you some stats? The last time Notre Dame had a wide receiver get 50 receptions was 2018. When they actually had three wide receivers eclipse 40 receptions. 
That was Chris Fink, Miles Boykins, and Chase Claypool. They had three receivers eclipse, 40 receptions. Then you have to go all the way back to 2016 when Equinemius St. Brown had 58 receptions. And then the most dangerous combo, 2015, when Breezy had 48 receptions for 597 and Will Fuller had 62 for 1258. That cat Will Fuller averaged 20 yards per reception. Bro, I maybe people forget. This dude at 20 yards a pop, bro. Like, when I started doing this research, I'm like, and then I forgot he had more receptions than 14. We're in. Uh, 14, the wide receiver room was ridiculous, bro. You, you were there. It, dude, this wide receiver room, Will, 76 for 1,094. Corey Robinson, who really didn't even want to play the game. He was just out there. Corey, Corey's mind was elsewhere. Politics, leadership. Corey was just like, man, I'm just out there. I'm just with my boys. 40 receptions for 539. Breezy, 39 receptions for 548. Hell, CJ had 29. Amir had 23. I mean, dude, that's the wide receiver room. That's right. That, that's the wide receiver room. Notre Dame, it's been five years since Notre Dame had a receiver eclipse 50 receptions. Damn. Mike Brown had Will Pauling, three star. Ranked 592. He has him on target to get 70 receptions when he had. You know how many receptions he had last year left? Will Paula. Probably 20. No, no, no how many receptions he had last year at Cincinnati? Probably like 20, 25. 12. 12. 12. So you want to question development? There you go. A 70 reception receiver at Wisconsin. There you go. Look, it's not the big name. Maybe it's not the person you wanted. It's not the it's not the flash. But you know what it is? It's somebody Marcus Freeman can trust. That's all that matters. He can trust him. You know why that's important, Lef? Why is that important? Because in the same text thread, well, the person tweeted out the Photoshop. Oh, the screenshot of Wisconsin's wide receiver stats. I said that. It was like, why would Marcus Freeman go get somebody again that he knew from Cincinnati? And my response in my tweet was because he trusts him. Yeah. You know who liked that tweet? Uh-oh. Cam Williams. Mm. Very interesting. That a commit in the 24 class at the wide receiver position would like the tweet that I put out that said, Coach Freeman can trust him. Hmm. Very mm. interesting. Makes you think what the committed receivers knew, possibly, about what might have been going on. Hmm. I'll digress because I don't want to go down that road. We're done with that. Also talked to Cam Williams last night. Okay. He's amped, left. He's amped. His exact words were, hell yeah. He was recruited by Coach Brown. Coach Brown, as I said before, 
also has a relationship was trying to recruit Taylor Taylor, 25 target for Notre Dame. And on top of that, Cam Williams immediately called Logan Sadate to give him the background. Shortly thereafter, Logan Sadate tweeted out, I, hey, I trust and rock with what my boy Cam Williams says about Coach Brown. I'm in. Let's go. Now, the funny part is he said he called Michael Gilbert, and Cam said, as always, this dude Michael never picks up his phone. Never picks up. He's like, that's the dude Michael is. He just never, we always trying to get at this dude. He never picks up his phone and calls us back like a day later. Like, oh, my bad. So Cam, Cam Williams is riding hard for this hire. And he's getting the wide receivers in the 25 class on board. Now, I will be speculating on anything else left concerning what? Other, other receivers that might hop out of the portal and come back to Notre Dame because of the hype. Oh, like come out of the portal? Yes, like a Braylon James or I think Rico is gone. But, you know, people are like, is Chris Todd and Chris Tyree come back? Could Braylon James come back? I do. I'm not yeah, aware. Come back? I'm not aware of a pre-existing relationship with Coach Brown and any of the receivers that have previously left Notre Dame for the transfer port. Mm. But I do know that the staff would love to have some of those guys back. Which guys? I think they would like to have Braylon James back. I think they would like to have Tobias back. But I think Tobias, I I think Tobias and a team that will be playing on January 1st have a pretty good relationship. So <laughs> the chances you might want a crystal ball Tobias Merriweather to the Huskies. It's set in stone. It, I'm just saying, if somebody in the recruiting world crystal ball that to happen, I, I I wouldn't sit here and be like, that's crazy. I'll say that. But we just ran down the stats for the Notre Dame wide receiver room in comparison to what I just said. Here's another stat. Do you realize that Lorenzo Styles Jr., who had his worst season as a sophomore, would still lead Notre Dame's receivers and receptions with his terrible season. But that's, that's not surprising, though. That's like saying sixth graders can read at a sixth grade level better than third grade. can read at a third grade, sixth grade. Take, level. take it away, left. That was your alley Because that's your alley Take it away. Systemic problems. Go ahead. I think it's. I think it's definitely. Still shocking that it's been this long without some semblance of production in that room that can be an impact to the team. But I think it's just been the glaring difference of why we can't get over the hump of or even be consistent offensively is because of that room. And I think for it to happen so long and have as many rotated players as we've had through there, it's got to be a systemic issue, you know, because there's no more. Uh, Lorenzo, there's no more uh, Braden Lindsey or Kevin Austins. And, you know, they went through the cycle. There's no more EQs and Miles Boykins. So, you know, to 
to continue to still have that issue with the only common denominator being the same guys coaching it, or at least the 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 shake off from the rest of the guys that was coaching it. It's gotta it's gotta be a a systemic issue because as all these players that we've had, we've had draft picks, we've had guys that are playing in the league now. We had guys, you know, with with a lot of unique and talented abilities and even guys that left have been productive when they've left. So it can't always be the room has got to be a combination of things systemically. And so we can point to that from guys that have left, that have had success, like a Joe Wilkins who just won a MAC championship at Miami. You've had, um, obviously, our guy at uh, Tulane be able to be productive with in just the two years he's been there. You got guys that left and went to You're Cincinnati. You're talking about Lawrence Keys, right? Lawrence Keys. You got guys that went to Cincinnati. And then in Cincinnati ended up beating us the next year with him playing. So it just shows that it can't always be the guys in the room. But we've had the common denominator of the style of offense we ran has just not been complimentary to receivers. And it's just going to be a shame to see Tobias go and be productive and highly productive at a place that he's been sitting on our roster for two years, highly unproductive. And so it's, it's definitely going to look bad on the program. But then again, that's, it's a, a huge mountain to climb for our guy coming in at the receiver room with almost empty cabinets. So, um, you know, I don't know how excited I am about recovering guys that left, but the transfer portal is open. And so there's opportunities to fill, fill the gaps and, We'll see where it goes from there. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is unlike any hard beverage you've had before. It's made with real brewed tea and packs a powerful punch with 5% alcohol and no carbonation, delivering the perfect balance of taste and refreshment that goes down smooth for every game day occasion. No need to settle for the usual. Twisted Tea turns up any occasion, especially when you're cheering for your favorite team. Whether you're tailgating in the stadium parking lot, watching at a bar, or hosting friends at home, Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted. I'm sorry, guys. Had it on mute. Uh, it's a solid hire from the standpoint that most of the guys that Marcus Freeman has brought into this program that he previously coached with have been good coaches. Ryan Mason, Mike Mickens, uh, Gino Gadouli. In a sense, the jury is still out on Gino and to see, you know, what he does. But, I mean, 
you really can't grade Gino until we start to see the youngsters, right, Le? Yeah, I think you can only see the youngsters when they start to play, but the transfer portal is helpful when you're complimenting around guys that are foundational pieces, and we just don't have that at the receiver position that we can compliment off of anybody. We're looking for guys to one year come in and be an impact. And not only is it not lasting, but it doesn't fit well with what you're trying to build in the room. So until we have something in the room that's worth building around, it'll just be hard to just try to fill a guy in for one year. That's why the quarterback room is important that we have to see what we have in there because you bringing in another guy that's only here for a year doesn't add anything to the room unless he's a freaking dude, and that's the one percenters of college football. Left, all year we've said Notre Dame needs playmakers at quarterback and wide receiver. Whether you recruit them, transfer portal, or develop, however you want to do it. And here we are again. Notre Dame for life. Thank you for tuning in. He says, we indie fans cry about the wide receiver room during the season, and now we're crying that they're leaving. Make up our minds. Hey. We're not necessarily crying they're leaving. It's more the start over process. It's not like the receiver coach is coming in at anything where he's building off of. Essentially, he's coming in to, to reassemble the whole thing in the sense of numbers, in the sense of leadership, in the sense of, you know, his loyalty to the guys. I mean, obviously, we had a guy come in before who had supreme loyalty to his recruits, and it didn't work out. And if anything, it blew up a lot of what the room was in, in the beginning because now it's, what were you telling the <laughs> recruits coming in? <laughs> you must have sold them a bigger dream than, than the realistic part of what it takes to for the room to be good all around. So, yeah. Hopefully he's coming in to recruit to complement the room instead of recruit to favor guys, to push other guys out. Because I just think we've seen the result of that, especially when it doesn't work. Uh, but being productive is what Marcus Freeman should be looking for in that room. And I think if, if it's not a flashy <laughs> hire, maybe it's a guy that can develop the room and be a Mike Mickens uh, opposite to what he's been able to be able to put together on defense with Mike Mickens. Can I give you some background on who Mike Brown is? He's married, two kids, two sons, Mike the second and Drew. He was an NFL player for four seasons and he played wide receiver for your Jacksonville Jaguars, left. That's right. Great, great organization. He was a free agent. He was not drafted. NFL free agent. Small, slow, worked himself, himself up from the practice squad to the squad, stayed there for two years, caught his first touchdown from Chad Henney at a uh, NFL, not an NFL year, but one of the games where, you know, the NFL goes across the pond. I believe it was in Germany. That's right. His first NFL touchdown from Chad Henney, I believe, it was a 27 yarder. At this time with the Jaguars, I think he went on to latch on, if I'm not mistaken, with the Carolina Panthers before ending his career, going back to where he graduated from, which is Liberty, coached the running backs, 
as a GA. Did some work with the wide receivers as well before he moved on eventually. And he, dude, he's been at several stops. He's coached running backs, wide receivers. He's dealt with some special teams. This guy's well-versed in football and coaching. Plenty of experience, unlike his predecessor. So with that being said, it's safe to say he is respected from a recruitment standpoint. He's respected and looked upon as a very good dude. And this is a dude that has done it. He's a dude that has been told, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. And he proved everybody wrong. And made it to the NFL. Lived out his dream. And when that door closed, he went and put in the work to become a coach. Moved up the ranks. And is very well respected. He developed three NFL players at Cincinnati. Local kid. The Pierce kid, Alex Pierce. And then, I think Pierce is in Indianapolis, if I'm not mistaken. And Tyler Scott is definitely one of his protégés with the Chicago Bears. Bears fans might take issue with that because he's dropped some pretty important passes in the fourth quarter this year from from, uh, Justin Fields. But, hey, that's his track record. I think the cool thing is that, you know, the Notre Dame receiver position, especially coaching, it hasn't been the most exciting job to even take. I think it was one of those toxic positions of, like, you're not going in being handed, you know, a gift wrap offense that you can just call anything. I think it's a very big challenge for any guy to come in and want to take the Notre Dame receiver coaching position, especially looking at the history of it and and, and having so much unknown because still there's a lot of unknown to why the, the room has been what it is and considering how the team has still been successful without an impact from that position group on a high level. It's a oxymoron in a lot of ways because you can only imagine if they were to be halfway as more productive as what they've been, Notre Dame's offense and the point total will probably be out the roof. So for that to not be the case for so long, you would have to think that the job is probably not everybody chomping at the bits to get. Because <laughs> they've seen so much turnover in that that they're like, I ain't touching that. Especially if I don't see any talent in there from outside looking in. So I think it's valiant that he took this challenge on. Mm-hmm. I think the, the problem is definitely 100% different than anything he's been used to. But him having experience coming into the situation, he can definitely have relatability, which I think is Marcus Freeman's biggest trait in how he's been able to build the program and everything. But you know, you got to be able to produce on the field and to get those guys to do that, I think is going to be the challenge. Yeah, sorry about my technical difficulties. I'm working on some stuff over here trying to get my sound right. But once again, left the NFL 14-15, returned to Liberty. Um, 
He also played quarterback. Love, how does that play? Because he went, he was recruited as a quarterback and was moved to wide receiver. Uh, it been the early 2000s, man, when they was doing this wrong left and right like that. <laughs> yeah, those were the dark days, man. You had to be strong to get through that. Uh, those were the college football medieval yeah, days. Yeah, you, had to, you had to get through them days, you know. That was almost like drinking from different water fountains during that time for the position. <laughs> it was tough. I'm talking about all the guys. It was just... One by one, just getting turned over like that. So I'm glad it's at a different game, at a different place. But those are dark days. So I understand, man, he didn't make that cut. Tough cut not to make. But it, it definitely impacts the room. I think mm-hmm. a lot of it is because he can see from the perspective of what it looks like and and how to get open for the quarterback. But then it just, I mean, you if he can develop a chemistry from the receiver room and that quarterback room, that's the biggest thing that I want to see, the trust factor of the quarterbacks, knowing they can go outside the hashes and have some success. That's what I want to see. Everything else is kind of, you know, we, are, we get how challenging it is. And after Sam Hartman's great resume, not being able to shed light on this offense at all, I'm kind of over the numbers, you know. I want to see that chemistry built, something that's going to take time that we'll see during camp and getting ready for next season. But right now, retaining recruits would be huge for him, but also working on that quarterback receiver trust. Let me ask you something else, because as an experienced high school offensive coordinator like yourself, what does it mean when a young man works himself up from dealing with running backs to wide receivers and then receives in 2022 the elevation to passing game coordinator as well as wide receiver coach and then he goes with luke fickle to wisconsin and receives the title of associate head coach does that really tell us something about how respected he was by luke fickle yeah absolutely i mean you know you 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 build years with your guys that you trust and it gets to a point of the changing of guards where you fully got the same on the same page as the guys you've been building and working with. And for him to be able to do that in a short amount of time, I think a lot about T-Stock, who was on the Broyles Coach Award twice mm-hmm. as a young coach. Yeah. Uh, awards list twice. So uh, it just shows that he's got something special about him that, a lot of it is that the players trust him, and when you got that, Marcus Freeman had that at a high level, which got him the job, in my opinion, and swayed the opinion of a lot of people for him to get that job. So a lot of that is just being able to have great relationship with the players and get the most out of them. So that's a really good sign to see uh, for him to rise that far. But, you know, that's a great individual thing. At Notre Dame, it's just been – what can you do there and what have you done for me lately? So it's it's just a matter of time to see if he can be able to produce the same level of success there because Notre Dame is just a different place. This is from uh, a brother of the program for us. He's been on the show before multiple times. The last time we had him on was when Gino Gadouli uh, left Cincinnati to take the quarterback coach position at Notre Dame. I got Keith Jenkins from the Cincinnati Inquirer who covers Cincinnati football and basketball. And he was there during the time that Marcus Freeman, Mike Mickens, and all of those guys were in Cincinnati. This is a direct quote from Keith Jenkins. 
uh, the fit is obvious. He and Free are like-minded. Mike has instant credibility, too. He overcame a lot to make it to the league. He can help players maximize their potential and get them to the next level. That's from Keith Jenkins of the Cincinnati Enquirer. So, as I said before, I've yet to hear anybody have anything negative or mid to say about this guy. Forget him being a good guy. I'm talking about who he is as a coach as far as development and recruitment. And once again, just to reiterate, he started out at Liberty as a quarterback, recruited there as a quarterback, and then eventually got moved to wide receiver. Smallish, not fast, put in a lot of work, overcame a lot to get to the NFL. 2015, he went back to Liberty as a GA. Then he became an offensive analyst for Michigan in 2016. Then he went to Delaware, running backs, went to Liberty, running backs. And then 2019, he solidified his coaching career at Cincinnati with the wide receivers until 2022, when he also became the passing game coordinator, followed Luke Fickle to Wisconsin, and was the coach, the uh, associate head coach and the wide receiver in the 2023 season. So that's three power five stops, Michigan, Cincinnati, and Wisconsin. Yeah, it's just, you know, for me, it comes down to, okay, nobody really cares till you get to Notre Dame. It's like one of those things where, you know, you're crushing grade school, you're crushing grade school, and then you get to Notre Dame, and now the valedictorian got a 2-8. Because you, you, now you're finally getting judged on a level where it's not familiar. And so it's it's no different than Jared Parker. Jared Parker had a unsuspecting resume coming into it, a lot of good feelings about it. But then you get into a position of spotlight and expectations, and, it, and look how the narrative has changed in one season for a guy like uh, – Jared Parker. I mean, you look at even the players like Kyle McCord going into it, being twelve and one as a starter. Got to get out of the kitchen because it's too hot. So a lot of people, you know, getting into positions of expectations or uh, or different levels of spotlight, it definitely puts a a different view on your resume in terms of all that matter up until this point. So, yeah, the, the journey to get here is, is not easy, and damn near you got to be lucky. <laughs> but Mike Brown getting in this spot was uh, something of where his resume has, has taken him. And and for that to happen, um, you know, you get your opportunity just like the, the few you get in life to change the direction because we know that once you go to Notre Dame, you one step closer to doing whatever you want in that coaching space. Yeah, yeah Tommy's definitely one step closer oh, to the yeah. NFL. All Tommy got to oh, do man. is, you know, he messed around and he beat a team that was undefeated pretty much for two years in a row. Get a chance to beat an overrated Michigan team. That's going to be a lot easier than the last week's game, in my opinion. And then he messed around and win a championship. Yeah, he's going to be a head coach or offensive coordinator somewhere special real soon, but even him only can stay for two seasons at Notre Dame mm-hmm. just because of where it's at. 
Nobody cared about Tommy as an offensive coordinator until he got to Notre Dame. Now, he started damn near halfway between third and home base. But, hell, for him to start so far ahead and, and only can last the short amount of time he did at Notre Dame says a lot about where he's at in the expectations and spotlight and the narratives that he had to go through and the stuff he was doing behind the scenes and stay afloat pretty much. Yeah. I mean, you look back on it and, you know, you would you would probably say it was worth doing the things he was doing at Notre Dame, trying to survive the smoke that was that he was sitting on the hot seat every other game and, you know, nobody being happy with winning football games, which is prepared him well for Alabama. Yeah. And hell, after that first game, you would have thought the house was falling, but he put together some good things and, uh, well, he got some better overall players. I mean, good grief. He's playing with house money over there. So he did what he was supposed to do, and now he's in a good position. So I think that uh, Mike Brown is in a similar spot. You either sink or swim at, at Notre Dame, and everything else kind of you know, goes to the wayside in terms of what got you there. Career move. People are like, man, why would he leave Coach Fickle in Wisconsin? You just gave the reason. It ain't Notre Dame. <laughs> Hell yeah, Coach Fickle will leave. Coach Fickle try to get the Notre Dame job. So Coach right. Fickle will leave Coach right. Fickle if he had opportunity because he knows. Coach Fickle knows he goes to Notre Dame. Does, you don't even have to do great. That's the that's the thing. Notre Dame is is as the last 2013-14 has given more value to anybody they've taken on as opposed to vice versa. Coaches, players included. Staff. Hell, Hunter Bivin is damn near associate A D. He was in my class. <laughs> I mean, you know, he only been doing it for X X amount of years. There hadn't been more than ten, and then you get you get Ron Paulus just just coming back to Notre Dame, and now he's the hand behind the scene all of a sudden. So, you know, Notre Dame is just one of those places if you can get in, you can be accelerated to whatever you want to do. But the, your expectations and, and status is going to be under the spotlight. So, once again, that's Mike Brown, reportedly the next wide receiver coach at the university of Notre Dame. And uh, we're not here to tell you that he's a great hire or he, all of a sudden things are going to change in a wide receiver room. But what I will say is that Marcus Freeman went to somebody that he knew extensively. Uh, as Keith Jenkins from the Cincinnati Inquirer said, they're like-minded. That's very important for Marcus Freeman because he empowers his coaches to be a representative of him. To the players that are in their position rooms. Yeah, as very long as important. Marcus Freeman can put his name on it. It's very important. Solid, very good, solid recruiter from everything I've heard. And according to his life experience and what he went through to get himself to the NFL, not only being a quarterback, being a wide receiver on the field, and then coaching running back, dealing with special teams, coaching wide receivers, being a passing game coordinator, having that experience, being an associate head coach now. Hey, man, that ascension comes from something. I don't think people just give you titles. 
in college football. He's put in the work. So we'll see. <laughs> Notre Dame is a different beast. We'll always say that, whether it's coach or play. This is not Wisconsin, my dude. You're not trying to recruit. No disrespect to the young man. I know him. I know his family. So I'm not being disrespectful. No disrespect to Will Pauling. But we're not trying to recruit Will Paulings to Notre Dame. I mean, we recruited Ben Skarani, so I mean that was a grad transfer. That's that's not recruiting. <laughs> that was just a dude that had the grades coming from Northwestern. He's a receiver. We needed one. Heck, yeah. Ben got to the league though, off Notre Dame. You can say what you want to. He got to the league. You can say what you want to, Left. He got to the league. I understand. See, ladies and gentlemen, Left is really frustrated because he really didn't go in as hard as I thought he was going to go in. Because, you know, he via text and phone, he's been going in hard all weekend. The systemic like, issues man. in the wide receiver room has Left really upset right now. He He's trying to be nice. This is when the brotherhood is coming out of Malik right now. You see, the brotherhood is coming out of him right now. He. He's really holding back on some of the things he might want to say. It's really a direction thing, you know. It'll be nice. Obviously, you want to have a good direction in how they're how they're going about it. But it's just, you know, I think Marcus Freeman knows more than we do. Obviously, uh, hard to see the the room turnover as drastically as it has. But maybe that's just college football now. You see transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Having an effect, and it, it hadn't even really started yet. So, so maybe the turnover isn't as alarming as the times of which football is in these days. And so, for Marcus Freeman being able to adjust and make fast changes as things are going, I think is good to see. And as long as he's able to control his own destiny, I think that's all you can ask for. For a guy that's in his third offseason, has hasn't had a a year where he's been able to keep some consistency in in any place. <laughs> yeah, you look at some of these coaches like Saban and some of the guys doing it for a long time. Their coaching staffs have at least been intact for a, a minimum of three to five years. Yeah, I mean, Coach Freeman can't even get one. Where he can go back to back with the staff. Yeah. I'm not going to get into this debate. But what's, look, you need playmakers, bro. Will Fuller, Breezy. Breezy was productive with a freshman quarterback. Yeah. With a freshman quarterback in 2012, Breezy was productive. DeBaris Daniels had a great season. With a freshman quarterback. Yeah. Will Fuller. Two different quarterbacks. Matter of fact, the combination of Malik Zaire and Deshaun Kaiser in the previous year, Everett Golson. With a little mix of Malik Zaire towards the end of the season. Will Fuller put on. Chris Breezy put on. 2018. Heck. Brandon Wimbush wasn't a the greatest passer in Notre Dame history. But Notre Dame was able to have two 50 reception receivers and Chris Fink at 42. Well, Ian wasn't a great passer. Right. And that's a mixture of Ian. 
I don't want to do, I don't want to hear this stuff about scheme. Will Paulin increased by 50 receptions. I watch Wisconsin. Their scheme is boring. It's bland. If you are if if you're a player and you're being coached, you can produce in any scheme. Period. You don't have to go four wide every play for wide receivers to produce. The Burton kid from Alabama, he produced at Georgia in a totally in a run heavy system. Run heavy system he produced as a wide receiver. Went to Alabama. Alabama still runs the ball. They simplified the offense this year. Alabama's not throwing the ball all over the field. Jalen Mill rolled through the ball 23 times. Yeah. And was 13 for 23. <laughs> yeah. For like he 192. Made, he made some pretty good passes, though. Yeah. But that cat Burton made a play in the end zone, didn't he? He made other plays. Like if you're a playmaker, man, you're a playmaker. That's it. That's I don't the, care what that's the thing is. too. It's like Notre Dame's in a position where we have to choose to want to be different. Are we going to choose to activate our receivers more because we're going to be able to replace and, and reload in the in the room? Are we going to choose to use them? Because that's just what it comes down to at this point. I believe. Give, that give me, do. give me your expected. Okay, everybody can't be will. I'm not even on that. I'm not even on that, love. Everybody can't be Will Fuller. So let's just say we don't expect to have a dude that's going to have 70 receptions, averaging 20 yards a pop. That's, that's an anomaly. But that's those guys come with receivers. So, yes, we do. Need no, 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 no. This is my point. A number one a receiver at Notre Dame should have blank receptions. Seven now, remember, hold on, because the running back room is stacked. It's not like Notre Dame is about to ignore this running back room. But we have to be able to realize that in order to win the games we're trying to win, we have to throw it. Mm. You can't just have these big games and be like, okay, now we're a throwing team. So you got to have a, a team that has a number one receiver. Every team in the playoffs right now has a number one receiver. Every single team. Isaiah Bond for Alabama. The Rome kid for Washington. Xavier Worthy for uh, Texas. Heck, is Bond the number one? Hey, they got one A and one B. But, I mean, Burton has been burning cats all year, too. I mean, if you only got 13 uh, passes completed, I mean, it ain't, you know, I mean, damn. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got, uh, who's over at Michigan? Uh, number six? What's the number? Look. Michigan's the only outlier because they have an extremely boring offense. Roman Wilson is really, well, really the tight end or the two tight ends are really the go-to guys in the passing game for Michigan. But Roman Wilson makes plays. And then Cornelius Johnson is the other right. kid talking about. And then the freshman, Samaj Morgan. But that's but that's still why Michigan's not going to win because I had to really think about who their go-to receiver is. So. Mm -hmm. They're going to be out very soon. It just shows you that you got to have a guy that you know who to get in the ball. That's it. 
we don't know who's getting the ball to receive room, even with who's coming in and who's trying to stay or not. Even if all of them came back, all of them stayed and everybody came in, yeah. we don't know who the number one guy is regardless. So that should be the job of uh, Mike Brown coming in. If he's the talent guy that we believe that he is, I mean, he's been around talent. He's been through the ups and downs of the college football, especially uh, his own personal journey through the NFL. So he knows – who can play and who can't, and then who deserves the ball to high clip and who needs to play support role. And then identifying that instead of going in vice versa of just saying, these are my two guys, we're going to rock hella high water regardless of the talent. It's got to be a balance. you got to have guys that have the ability to catch 70 balls, be the leader of your room, but also show love to guys that you really want to see come on strong. But at least you got an example in the room. There wasn't no example in the room last year. Who could Rico Flores even want to stay for? Who are you going to stay for? He a freshman being like, all these guys are my sons. You know, whatever I do is the best in the room right now. Who am I compete with, Jordan Faison? So I get why Rico doesn't want to come back. You know, same reason why Justin Scott didn't come to Notre Dame to begin with is because who he's going to play next to? He ain't playing as Stefowski where he can be like, all right, that's 25 sacks. I, that's the goal. That's what he looks like every day. That's what he's practiced like. He got a bunch of guys that's trying to figure it out. So that's what makes it a challenging room right now because nobody's in there figured it out yet or has the numbers to say we figured it out yet. <laughs> so that's starting from the bare minimum. And so – Outside of that, you got the quarterback situation that you don't know. So who do you develop trust with? You know, you don't want to be out there just taking reps and throwing the football. You want to have some direction. So that's what hurts the worst is the direction of the offense. We still don't know. We know we got a bunch of guys that can do a bunch of things. But but so does Washington. But when you think of Washington, you know exactly who's getting it, what what are they good at, what are they uh, what 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 makes them go, and whenever they have that clear picture in mind, is re- usually when you see the best offenses come alive. You know, you see how State C.J. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Travion Henderson. That's just you just know you're getting something out of that. You know, you look at Alabama when they had Jerry Judy and Devontae Smith and Tua and Jalen, and you just knew what you was getting. When you look at Notre Dame, you just say we got a collection of guys that are talented, that we're hype on. But out of those collection of guys, who who's the one? Every team, even good teams, got a one. I yeah. mean, you think of Florida State, Jordan tried. The reason why Florida State didn't get in is because they, they lost their one. I mean, it is what it is. Nobody in the committee is absolutely right. Nobody wants to see a team with no quarterback go in the Final Four. It's just nobody wants to see it. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. 
Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.